Everything from overlanding in your stock rig to full-on LS-powered two buggies on stickies. This is the Total Offer Podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Derek, and this is episode 135. Steve, yes. did you crawl through that entrance or that intro? What? Did you no. go extra slow on that intro no. for a reason? No. no? Okay. It just, I just All right, let's move on. Was making it theatrical. <laughs> I just thought it might have been on theme for the episode. Spoiler alert. Anyway. <laughs> did you say what episode number was? Yeah, 135. Okay. I hope I'm that's right. To, it is accurate. 134 came out today. It is mm-hmm. Tuesday. This will air in a week. That's in, scary. In, so much could change in a week. Uh, you're not wrong. That's usually the case, though. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess Tuesday to Thursday is not. Normally, we record on Thursdays before release. Today's a Tuesday because um, I got some stuff coming up this weekend and next week. That will keep me away and Mike's gone oh my this goodness. weekend. So yeah, mm-hmm. we had to do it today. I'm drinking a hazy bear hug. No, I'm sorry. Hazy beer hug uh, from Coos Island. Nice. 6.8. How is it? Uh, it's pretty good. It's an IPA. It's got some fruit. It. It's a hazy. Yeah, it's a hazy IPA. It's good. It's not bad. I drink it. I'll have to get some. I mm-hmm. like me some hazy IPAs nowadays, as long as they're not too hoppy. This one's not overly hoppy. It, it's reminiscent of a dank meme, so it's in, in that same wheelhouse. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm at. That's yeah. about as hard, as hoppy as I can go. Right. I am drinking my last peanut butter milk stout nitro. It's not the season for it, but I'm running out of beer, and I had some like good, I literally called beer for tacos, but I want to save that for tacos. <laughs> That sounds delicious. I wonder what it is. It's like, what is it? It's it's an off color. Like, um, I don't think it's a Pilsner. I forget what exactly it is, but it's got like hints of lime and salt in it. And it's really refreshing. A limey salty. Oh, it's a, it's a Corona. Yeah, basically, but not (laughs) skunky like a Corona. That's the key. Oh, that's not the key. Not a big fan of Corona. Oh, cause you don't like the skunky. Yep. That's the best part. It's, it's better when it's, I mean, I can't drink a Corona if there's no lime. I'll drink it with lime. Yeah. What about a, pr- a premiere? Have you done a premiere? It's a premiere. Pr- a Corona premiere. Oh, is it like the not light? It's no, it's even lighter. I think it's actually like the lightest. I think, I don't know. You know, I think, oh. anyway, the uh, Corona premiere has a less skunky. I see. Oh, you, it's the low carb. You've been Corona. down to, yes, look, are you been down to, uh, you've been to the, to Anheuser Busch. To do like the beer tasting and all that stuff. No Long way. Time You're ago. from there. No, I have. <laughs> yeah, I've been there, but it was like <laughs> uh, 10 years ago, eight years ago. We oh, went there counts. with FSC. Oh, really? It was Mike and Matt and Shane and uh, I forget Devin. I forget who else. If anybody best, else, it wasn't a big meet. The best way I can explain it is, do you remember tasting the uh, but like Bud Light or Budweiser, like right off of the off the tap, it's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that to me is when you open a premiere. That's what a premiere tastes like. Like Corona like, right off the like, tap, or like Budweiser, right Budweiser off right off the tap. Weird. <laughs> like okay. Super fresh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'll try yeah, it. I could get behind it. I get behind it. I'll bring it. I'll, what I'll do is I'll bring it to like a a summer party. So if I hate it, I can just leave it with that person. <laughs> <Zing> <laughs> It's not that expensive. You hate it. Just trash it. 
Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> just keep it, keep it for schlubs that come over keep and are it for like, people that come over like, oh, I want need this. Beer. I'm like, here you go. What about a Corona? It's a premiere, and they're like, ooh, fancy. I'm like, sucks to suck. <laughs> just kidding. It's all good. I don't mind buying beer for people, even fancy beer. <clears throat> um, did you do any off-road related anything in the past two weeks? Yes, you did. I did some things. Um, I had a little bit of scope creep with the Uh-oh. parking brake cable replacement mm. that I was talking about doing the last time I was on the podcast, which I think right. was two weeks ago. Right. Um, so I replaced. Now everything is brand new. Let's just put it that way. Everything. The entire Backing parking brake system, except for the shoes and oh. like everything inside the hat is uh-huh. new. All of the cables. All of the cables. So all I the started, way to the pedal. started with. Yeah, so I started, I knew that the cables that go after the split to the rear axle, one to the left, one to the right, one of them was frozen. Like, it would not budge. I tried prying it with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pry bar or whatever. Right. And I was like, well, it doesn't even matter. Like, I can lubricate it right. and probably break it free, but, like, it's, yeah, it's just going to seize point, again. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so the last bad, thing you want. You know, Use it somewhere and be seized. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't really, wor- it was working, one wheel was locking up. Right when I would set it. So it wasn't working great. Um, Do you know? So I ordered on Rock Auto new cables to go on the rear axle. And while I was on there, I noticed that. So for those that don't know that are new listeners, my truck is shortened a certain amount. And the parking brake cable has to be shortened as well. So I did a really janky job on that the first go around. And it took me like four or five tries to get it to hold. And finally, it was holding. So when I was on Rock Auto ordering the rear axle cables, I looked at the different lengths of cables they have for the different configurations of trucks to see if they had one that would work. They don't, but I ordered them anyway because they were like six or seven bucks a piece. I ordered two that were close. And um, ultimately, I needed a longer version of the short one and a shorter version of the long one. So what I did was I bought some all thread um, and lengthened you know, with the coupler, the short one, the six or eight inches I needed to make it work. And it worked pretty good. And here's where the scope creep comes in because the uh, parking brake pedal, which was working just fine, <clears throat> I had to trim the shit out of it for the cage. So it only had like this little sliver left to push mm. down with my foot. Mm-hmm. And I had in my box of many things that I bought and just never did anything with like two or three years ago, uh, a new brand new parking brake pedal assembly. Nice. And so I took that out. I modified it to like put a gooseneck in it to miss, miss the cage, the roll cage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really think about it. It was a a cheaper aftermarket parking brake pedal. Oh, you can see where this is going. Put it in. (laughs) Fits fine. Works great. Push it all the way to the floor the first time, shatters. Shatters. Plastic, plastic gears. Like it was like <laughs> boom. And like, like nothing. I mean, there was shrapnel oh, didn't really go anywhere except for under the floor of the truck. But I was like, I was like, dang it, I broke the my little extension. I get out and look underneath it. I'm like, no, that's fine. And then I look underneath the uh the dash. Yeah. And there's like pieces of plastic on the ground and I like pull that's the insane. Like the pedal's just floppy now, and I'm like, God damn damn it, I just spent all that time like cutting Modifying. and notching and welding and painting and <laughs> taking it out and putting it in is no like walk in the park either. Right. Um, especially when you have a roll 
cage in the way. Um, so anyway, uh, so then I went on Amazon and I bought an OE replacement, like a GM part number one. Mm-hmm. Did the same thing, and it worked. Nice. So, so unsurprisingly, because the OEM one is all metal gears and stuff, but I can't believe they yeah. made that of plastic. That is yeah, mind numbing. I mean, to be fair, I had the parking brakes adjusted pretty tight. Yep. And I put my foot all the way to the floor and I was in, I'm like, if it, if it goes, if it idles through and double low, it's not strong enough. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, so did you try that after, like my, after putting the new one yeah, in? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And, the new one, everything it works. And honestly, the, the pads, the shoes yeah. need to be replaced and adjusted. And I'm waiting obviously until I put the new axle in to do all that stuff. Right. Makes sense. So it'll hold even better when I put the new axle in, but so now it's pretty good. Even currently it idles, uh, or it, uh, holds through double O. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yep. Now, that's, if I if I give it gas, it'll be like. Well, of course, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of torque. Mm-hmm. You're talking so, about you're talking about double low at idle. You're talking about being able. That's you had that it crawled up a like what thirty degree incline. Or probably did it idle like did it idle up it though? Maybe I don't know. Mm, that's a good question. I don't remember. There was one video when you were in Moab, you were doing like an idle video. I thought. I mean, it's it's weird. You know, it's not a manual. So like there's right. a lot of like slop because of right. the torque converter. Right. So I couldn't tell you how much actual torque is being sent down the drive of shaft. Not. But <clears throat> we could probably assume that there's probably like 70 or 80 foot pounds at idle. I was maybe. more I was more thinking about the fact that like if you were idling it, if in fact I was remembering that video, right. And you were idling it up a 30 degree incline, then in theory, the brake should hold you on a 30 degree incline. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So that's um, excellent. And even whatever they, whatever, even if it does roll a little bit, yeah, it takes so much pressure off of the parking pole. Right. It's so the, it's the, the extra layer of safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's much less janky now, and I feel much safer with this like thread, all thread, like mm-hmm. coupler doohickey that I have because <laughs> I broke the the original yeah. one. I broke four, three or four times before I finally landed on one that worked, and I finally pulled it apart, and I was like, "Ooh, I don't know how much longer that would have held." Right. <laughs> so that was one thing. Um, the other thing. Look at this. Two. Off-road related things, Steve. I'm ready. Two of them. Two. Actually, three. Oh my gosh. Um, but one one I didn't on, really can do. You save one for I next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think I'm gonna be able to call in next week. So oh, well. Hopefully I have it. Actually, all right. I'm not gonna save it for next week because next don't. week Mike should have an update on my behalf. Okay. Just to make it extra cryptic. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so second thing. Yesterday I got a wild hair and Partially because I'm like kind of prepping the garage to like get all the shit out for when they tear it down, um, which permit process is happening right now. Um, so everybody send thoughts and prayers to make that happen fast. <laughs> it's the government, <laughs> so it won't. Um, but uh, yeah, so <laughs> I'm like looking around the garage. I'm like, what doesn't need to be in here? And I have the sway bars sitting on the workbench. And I pulled it apart because I was going to replace the bushings like a year ago. Um, I made new bushings out of nylon on the lathe that work. And mm-hmm. I've just been dragging my feet and replacing them. 
And I was like, oh, the, the regular bushings aren't that loose. And then I would pull the sway bar out a couple months ago and they were really loose. Like it was like, duk, 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 duk. oh, wow. And I was wondering what this rattle was. Uh-huh. I found it. Right. It took the sway bar out. The rattle's gone. I'm like, oh, that was it. So the new ones are very tight. Um, I made them so that there wasn't any play. So it was a pain in the ass to get, you know, hammer that thing in. Um, but now the truck not only has no rattle, but so much body roll is gone even from the sway bar from before with the loose bushings, right? Really? There was like a dead zone, right? Where it was uh-huh. still had a little body roll and then it would catch, you know, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and it was a surprising amount. So now it feels like a race car almost. So that must be something to do with the, um, the ratio from like your arm, the arm on the sway bar. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly so, what you're saying. Yeah. I think you're totally right. Cause yeah. it's like, if you draw a line a between lever. the sides <laughs> of the sway bar and you, uh-huh. you show how much sway or angle the sway bar has before it actually even starts applying any force. It's, yeah. it adds up because of geometry and what do they call stuff. that? Compounding. Yeah. To it's some like compound <clears throat> angles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that's what awesome. you do? Uh, well, I have more things, but yeah, you can do. You can keep going. Then you want me to keep going? <laughs> <laughs> the other one is not truck related, but it was a fun fabricated, pa- uh, not fabricating thing, but like the. So I went racing two Saturdays ago. Last Saturday, last Saturday, two Saturdays ago. I can't remember. My life's a blur. Works a pain in the ass. Um, that. Anyway, two Saturdays ago, I believe I took the Mazda racing, and mm-hmm. there was an exhaust leak towards the end of the day. And I was like, well, screw it. If it falls, falls off, it falls off. When I got home, I realized it was the flange behind the muffler, but before the tailpipe, um, that was just leaking. And I guess when it got real hot, it was like leaking worse. And so I've never seen bolts this rusty. Like they used to be nuts or nuts and bolts. And it weren't, they weren't hex shaped. They were, Mm -hmm. Like a pine cone. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. Like I could like pull chunks of nut off the like half rusty stud. Like, right. I, I don't know how I was holding it all to be honest this with you. This is at the manifold? This is at the, no, it's behind the muffler. Oh. T- like the, over the actual tailpipe basically. But this is the, this is the type of bolt that is, does it have the spring on it? Mm-mm, mm-mm. No spring. Okay. This is a, like a half inch thick flange to half inch thick flange with you. like a paper gasket or mm. like a graphite p- gasket. P- p- paper gasket. Paper, yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> graphite gasket. Um, um not not turbo or anything like yeah, that. Right. So the uh yeah, I've seen like I've seen some stupid rusty bolts, like especially on manifold bolts. They just mm-hmm. get so scaly, like there's just you look at it and you're like there's there's no, there's not, you couldn't put vice grips on that. Yeah. Nothing like this torch. <laughs> that's the end. Like that's the yep. only, I wrench. like them on GM engines. Cause when they're just rusty, they just go. Ba-dink, they <laughs> yeah. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's always a good time. There's just nothing left of them. Um, so, but it was, it was cool. It's one of those situations where you're like, uh, I've been dragging on my feet on it. Cause I wanted to like give it to you to pol- have you polished a tip at some point. Mm. But I'm like, I don't want to take that apart. Like it's holding 18 like, months. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to come down there and hand it to you and be like, all right, Steve, do, do it. Do it now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, I thought you said uh, you didn't listen to last week's episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Now I have a 
Hint. Now you have a hint. Um, you mean last week as in this morning's in podcast time? Yes. In real life <laughs> this morning in podcast yeah. time last week's. I will have listened to it by next Tuesday when this episode airs. Right. But but we're in the multiverse where I haven't listened to it right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> strong. What the fuck? Um, anyway, so... <laughs> It was one of those, it was one of those things though. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to this because like I knew going into it, obviously those bolts were fucked. Right. And so like I had all my tools, I had penetrating oil and a cutoff wheel and a sawzall and, um, a, uh, air hammer. Mm -hmm. That was the, that was the key. So what I did, I just sliced the nut off, air hammered it, the, the first part of the flange came off yep sliced it off again air hammered the the rest of the nut out and it was just like so easy well wasn't it was annoying but it was like everything went smoothly right because i was throw anticipating in some new, throw in some new hardware and ready to roll exactly what new kind of hardware hard- you got you- some uh yeah go ahead stainless oh. 316 bolts and uh i used like that red exhaust silicone to seal it oh yeah and and a graphite gasket, but I figured Ooh, it extra. Was, it was rusty a little bit oh, in yeah. between the two flanges, so I wanted to like make sure it was a good seal, and nice. it doesn't leak, so we're good. Killer. All right, here's the actual third off-road thing. Yeah, that wasn't off-road at there, all. There are <laughs> fuel tank parts cut nice. oh, somewhere. Cut. Somewhere. Hmm. I don't have them yet, but they are somewhere. So Actually. They are- uh, they're not cut parts. yet, but they will be cut by the time this airs, and I believe I will have them in my possession by the time this airs. There are fuel tank parts cut somewhere. Okay. The person I would expect to build it would not cut them. Correct. But I know somebody else that works in a metal shop that has the ability to cut them. Correct. And is relatively close to you. Correct. How that ties to Mike having information next week about an update, I'm not entirely sure yet. <laughs> but we'll see. Mike's driving up here. We're going to Road America this weekend uh, oh, for Matt. Just ruin and it all. He's going to be driving right by Mike Groeda. And I was like, uh, you know what? That would save me a ton of time and gas. But mm-hmm. I mean, time right now is more valuable to me. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. To a point. To mm-hmm. a point. But anyway, I get that. So then, yeah, then I get to play with some aluminum and bend it up on the finger brake at work and make sure everything fits together. I'll probably just masking tape the shit out of it into a fuel tank shape. Jigsaw, yeah. Put it up under the truck, make sure everything looks good, and then carefully take it out, put it in the Mazda, and then I'm off to braze. Use blue blue 3M Mm -hmm. tape. It's the best. I mean, it's... It's bare aluminum? Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. I thought you were like worried about residue. I'm like, it's I bare am. aluminum. We're going to acetone it before we weld. It'll come off. Yeah, but take 14 <laughs> like hours to peel the tape back off because it sticks to, yeah, like sticks and tears. Good point. Yeah. I was actually thinking about using like um like aluminum tape like for mm. HVAC. Oh god. I mean, yes, but, but residue. But brake clean should do fine. Brake clean. But yeah, you yeah. can yeah, that stuff is sticky as shit. I'll I'll do the if the masking tape works I'll just do that but if if yeah. I need something stronger I'll yeah. do the aluminum ducting tape is stupid sticky it lasts so long it's retarded yeah I it's used pretty it, ridiculous I don't know if you guys ever saw this um I used it on the tank straps on my international 
the tank straps were painted. They were painted tank straps. They were black. Oh. And the aluminum, like just, two inch aluminum ducting tape was the perfect width to go right in between the straps. <laughs> and so like, I just awesome. ran, I ran that down there and polished it. I was like, yep, perfect. Polished straps. Wow. <laughs> nice. That's a cheap, the poor man's way of doing a, of a you know tank strap swap. <laughs> It yeah. works. It did work. And yeah. easier, right? You don't have to oh, take yeah. the actual strap off. Yeah. I had a customer come by, I don't know, a few months later with his international and had the, had it all polished out and everything else. And while I was doing it, I was like, Hmm, those tank straps are somewhat rusty. I can fix this. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> at that point I was already good at it. So yeah, it was easy enough just to throw it on there. And nice. then yeah, he picks it up. He's like, that looks awesome. Yes, it does. Nice. Mm-hmm. He even polished the tank straps. Sure did. <laughs> yep. Don't peel at them. Don't pick. Yeah. Don't pick at them. It's funny how sticky that stuff is though. Like it's, it's really multi-use. You could use it for a lot of things if you wanted to. Yep. Um, so it, it's but, funny cause like it's sticky, but I don't think like it comes off super, it's super easier thin. than like yeah. actual duct tape or like gorilla right. tape or something like that. Mm-hmm. That so, usually comes with it. Yeah, that he. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had it on. Uh, I put it on the tank, and I was like, "Hmm, my battery box is a fiberglass battery box. It was painted to match the truck, and I actually did three stripes on the battery box uh, because it has like a raised, like three raised like areas, and I did mm-hmm. like three stripes on there and like trimmed the top, like beveled the top to match the stripes or the raised areas, and uh, it looked super sharp. And I had that on there for probably a year or two. Like trucking. Pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then peeled it off. That's awesome. Yep. It's, it's like uh it's like vinyl wrap if that if you wanted yeah, your vinyl of. wrap to be polished. Mm, yeah, exactly. That's me. I want my vinyl wrap to be polished. I would hate to try to deal with an entire sheet of that garbage. Oh my god. <laughs> well, and it doesn't conform to any no shape like vinyl does. <laughs> so Period. you're like, I'm gonna <laughs> aluminum wrap my hood and it ends up being all wrinkled oh and <laughs> your dog just yeah. moved behind you and like, Oh, it tripped me out because the dog had not moved the entire time. I had no idea. Is there like your carpet <laughs> is moving? It's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> your carpet mm. is moving. Anyway. <laughs> uh, that's all I did. That's all I got, man. That's the, the rest full, has just been work. The full rundown. Been insane. I yep. didn't do jack shit. Off road related. I wish I had you worked a lot. Did work a lot. I always work a lot. That's just, a, I don't, I don't know. I know. I spend a lot of time at work. That's what it is. Mm. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. That's, I think that's the key. That's the key. <laughs> spend a lot of time here. Don't know if I get a lot done. Um, so I, um, I did hear from Chris on the drive shafts. Uh, he is chatting back and forth with Adams and they need one more um, piece of information. They need my yoke. They need a handful of specs off the yoke on the nine inch. They need the spline count. They need the seal diameter and they need the height of the yoke from the base to the top of it. I believe hmm. they need all that. Well, isn't information. that something that Chris can just provide them? Cause he uh, built that, right? There's a factory yoke. So, Oh yeah. Got it. And there's multiple yokes. So they need me to take all those measurements and get those to them. And then once I get those measurements done, I can move on. I don't remember if the nine inch is a crush sleeve or a shim type pinion. Um, and I told I mean, Chris, I think, I think you can do both. So it uh, depends how it was yeah, set up. I told Chris, I was like, ask Terry what that is. I was like, before I go pulling the 
opinion off. I was like, ask him what it is. And then, uh, so once he gets me that information and gives me the green light to pull the pinion off without having to rebuild the whole damn thing, um, I will not, I guess not actually rebuild it, but pull the pinion support out or the, yeah, pull the pinion support out and mm-hmm. all that fun jazz. Um, I'm going to rip the yoke off, get them the measurements, and then we're going to work on drive shaft information from there because we're going to a 1350 rear is what the plan, the plan is currently. I hope that's, I hope it's good. We'll find out. So are you, you're going to have to replace the yoke on mm-hmm. the axle then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why you need all that information. Gotcha. You got it. That was them. They said they need all that information so they can see if they have that yoke, uh, the proper 1350 yoke in stock. Nice. Yeah. Well, if they don't, I mean, I'm sure Chris can source one elsewhere too. Oh yeah. They can get one. It was just, I think it was just a matter of like timelining issues or whatever, or just whatever. Yeah, for like. sure. Well, yeah. they want to ship it all at once probably. Right. And, uh, so there's all that. And then that leads us into this very next dumb thought. Derek. What, Steve? Do we have to double back? <laughs> yeah, we should double back on that topic. <laughs> double, double down. Okay, we so the slow. transfer case, 99, no, the transfer case definitely has something wrong with it. It's definitely got an issue. So we need to fix that. Um, I think going to a... There's two options. There's well, there's several options. There's two affordable options. <clears throat> and that is do a 241 from a JK. Just find a, a used JK case. Do a 241 with a six gear planetary and swap that in. And you'd have the same low range as you have now. Yes, 272 to one. Yep. And also the JK comes with a factory slip yoke. Um or a factory eliminator. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I guess you, I don't know what you can call that fixed, fixed yokes. There you go. So it comes with that. Um, and then at least I'm 90% sure it does. Pretty sure. Um, I think so. I I feel like at least the JL does. Cause I've seen those drive shaft. They're those goofy looking ones. The round ones. They're round and they look like they have splines, but I think it's just the tube holding on to like something inside of it for balance or whatever. Hmm, Interesting. But they're all slipped. <clears throat> so uh that's one option. The other option is to grab a another 231 which uh, a few people have offered them up. I know Seth offered one up. He's got one just sitting at his house chilling. He's like, "Hey, if you need a 231 to replace it, you can do that. I could just go to another 231 and do a 6-year planetary swap into it." Mm-hmm. Is an option. Is the case actually is the case on the 231 any like weaker than a 240? Like what are the downsides no, of going to a 6-year planetary? I don't know that there are any. Okay. I don't know that there are any. Somebody else may correct me, but I don't know. Oh, gosh. I mean, um, I've seen, at least on on GM products, uh, a 241 looks, is like, it like has more ribbing on it and yeah. it's a little bit bigger, I think, than like a 241 that, that would come was, in like a midsize truck. I'm actually looking at pictures of them now and they're just like, they're, yeah, the more ribbing, where the bolts go, there's like, Bolts mm-hmm. are different. I mean, it's because uh, I think it's because the 241 is rated to more torque, right? So oh. you have the same, even if you have the same chain, mm-hmm. put more torque to it, it might not be that the chain is the weak link. It, it might has. be that the case can't support it <laughs> without it, deflecting. It has so many more bolts holding Does the case it? together. So it's seems now I gotta like look it. at pictures. I'm looking at like just a standard 241 uh, transfer case, and then I'm looking at like a JK, like a Jeep, a 241J. And it just like, it looks like the chains on the outside. There's so many bolts around it. Wow. 
Like it's pretty, it's a 241J is what you're looking oh, for. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. 241J? Yeah. So uh, that's what I'm looking at here on the JPU on the, oh, it's JK4. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now that's how, I mean, well, it's a little different than the Chevy. Yeah. It looks like they, I mean, when New Venture took over and probably just, you know, took the design and improved it, they added more bolts or more ribbing somewhere else and they had to move the bolts. I don't right. know. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I see. And then if you look at the OR, which is the four to one, it's got that addi- additional like 20 bolts on the front part of it for the bigger <laughs> doubler or the bigger low range gear set. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's a huge, it's a huge difference. I'm just wondering if the 241 is bigger in size than the 231. Um, and the only concern that I have for that is that with mine being clocked 13 degrees already, um, it's already close to the floorboard. Mm-hmm. And so if the case is bigger, like I don't have a lot of room to spare. My seat bracket like sits almost touching the the bump that I already made. So I'm like, ooh. And oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. Okay, so that two, this so is the Jeep two thirty one, looks a lot smaller than the Chevy two thirty one. Oh, it, it's like like the the low range set. Yeah, or area is like similar in size, but then when you go right. to the output, like the diameter of the output gear is probably way smaller on a two thirty one than a two forty one. Probably one of the biggest things I should do is I should just pull mine out mine's already drained of fluid and the drive shafts are already disconnected like i'm literally like two plugs and a couple of linkages <laughs> and six oh no not yeah yeah six bolts <laughs> like six bolts a couple plugs and a linkage or two uh from having it sit on the ground i should really just yank it apart and pull it out and then separate the case and see what a, what's inside what broke it's not a bad idea mm-hmm. has to be done anyway um yep do it then. Okay. So that's, so that's a part first option. First yeah. option. 241 from a Jeep. Yes. Not, not OR cause those are impossible. It, well, Second it, option. we had this discussion a little bit. The problem that I have with an OR, I think I had this with, I don't remember who I had, maybe I had this with Dave. I don't know. I had this somewhere. The problem I have with an OR is you have one low range four to one. Mm-hmm. Cool. But it's like, it's, it's limited use. It's great for crawling, but not great for cruising around. And mm-hmm. I don't have enough horsepower for cruising around like off road in, in, in one to one. High. Yeah, in one to one, it's not as great. Like two to like two seventy two to one is actually pretty nice for cruising around. I can actually still go like thirty mile an hour in low range, and you know you don't have to like constantly switch between the two and all that. Yep. And so instead of doing something like that, instead of spending, I think the cheapest one I've seen was somebody just posted on the on the uh, on the Patreon chat was 1200 bucks at that point atlas single like two speed yeah but but there's another option and we spoke about it before and that's going with a what'd you say what's the other option steve uh going with a northwest fab was it underdrive yep yeah doubler doubler so yeah so I was actually, I was hoping that they were about 10 inches long so I could get away with just flipping the front shaft to the rear and the rear shaft to the front, <laughs> but, uh, not, no such luck. So yeah, I think the regular 
like black box or eco box is like eight ish. So the sad part is, is that my new front shaft is worthless. If well, I go hold on, right. hold on. Cause what would you put behind it? That's the key, right? Wait. Oh, well I'd put another, I'd probably put 241 or something behind it. Oh, okay. Hmm. 205. No. Okay. Why not? That just seems so big. I gotta, I'm gonna have to pull up the picture and show you. Okay. I had an NB241. Now it's a Chevy, uh-huh. but uh, an EcoBox 205 is not that much bigger than a 241 with a slip rear. Really? It's very heavy, though. Yeah. I will say, like it's it's at least 100 pounds more than a 231. I'm on, on iRate 4x4, and I'm looking at a picture here with a 241, a 241J. Versus a two uh, two hundred five with an eco box, you're you're accurate. They're not that much different. And interestingly, at least mm. on mine, with the front output I chose for my two hundred five, yeah, the f- transmission flange to front output dimension was like half an inch off. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Oh. So I can go to an eco box and a 205 and not have to change much. Like the dimensions are pretty close. The well, I so see. here's where because I went it's from a little a, bit longer. Yeah, Maybe it's probably gonna be longer because you already have a slip yoke eliminated right. 231. So for you, it's gonna be longer. I had a uh, uh, but front, front slip yoke. I had a slip yoke 241. Yeah. Here. And I was running it with a two-piece drive shaft, so it really wasn't slipping. But that was like the same yoke to yoke dimension. Did you between know? The two. Did you know that we have like a two hundred five wizard over in Danville? I don't. What's that? Like somebody that is like that's all they do is rebuild tra- those transfer cases. Hmm. I mean, they're not that hard to rebuild. Mm, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> But like, I did one. <laughs> did you ever listen to the Mike and Max uh, podcast where Mac or Mike found a guy like local to him that that's all he did was build like two or five transfer cases for like pulling tractors and like race no, cars? No, I did not know that. Yeah. And or so like same deal. There's a guy over here in like Danville apparently. So he has a bunch of those cases laying around and, gotcha. and he like goes through and rebuilds them and beefs them up if they need to be and all that stuff. Nice. Um, yeah. And Brendan, Brendan was telling me about that. Uh, he was like, if you need a 205, I can, we can get one. Like there's a guy, I know that, uh, offer design does it too. Oh, really? Yeah. I was able to sell you a whole Magnum and 205, like Mm. ready to go crated, pop it in your vehicle. $4,000. No, I don't think it's quite that bad, but it's over two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense though. So, um, here, here's here. Hmm. I have an MP205 yes. and an Eco Box, and I love it. I love yes. the gearing. I love that I can I can cruise around in two to one like it's you two want. Two to one, right? And then I can pop it into double O and have five point four to one, which is pretty good. It is pretty good. Yeah. Um, it gets terrible mileage in the winter, like notable, because oh. gear driven transfer case and all six gears are spinning all the time. Oh, really? Or, well, technically they're. Th- three because one's an idler but each gear has two gears on it right because there's a low range set and a high range set um and it uses gear oil which is not the most efficient oil i could probably put atf in and it would work a little better but like i don't really care i don't drive it 
that much anymore. Can, so the 205 can run either? It's it call it was originally designed for gear oil, but the okay. last few years of it, they put ATF in it. GM did probably to <laughs> it never change more LM. Yeah, <laughs> probably. To, well, no, actually. So they had two versions, I believe. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they had a non-synchro and a synchro 205, oh. and the synchro needed ATF because oh. of the synchros. But the other one, I think they just made the switch across the board because they were also going to like the chain-driven cases at that point too. But uh, no, it's like you can you can feel it when you start up in the winter. <laughs> like there's extra drag, and it's not just the axles. It's like notable. Wow. Um, but once it warms up, it's fine. So, but it's heavy, man. It that whole setup is know... about two hundred pounds. I think maybe more. It's about a transmission weight. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not light. <laughs> Yeah, I know the 205 is stupid heavy, which, I mean, how often do you pull it out, right? No, I mean, I wasn't really saying from that perspective. I just mean more oh. like you're adding extra weight to your Jeep. and But it's in the right spot. Smack dab That's in the true. center, frame height. Right down low. Like, yeah. Doesn't get much, doesn't, you don't get much better than that except for unsprung. That's true. You know what I mean? Just so make get, sure it's supported so it doesn't break your tail shaft oh, off your yeah, transmission. That. New, new cross member <laughs> under it. I was looking uh-huh. on here to see if I could find um see if I could find like what years the synchros the synchro transfer cases. Nineteen ninety one, I think. That's it, nineteen ninety one. Chevy yep. well so wait. And V V thirty five hundred pickups and only. I gotta, and I gotta flip mine over. Right? Oh, it's a sh- wait, what so drop is yours? is yours? Huh? Mine's a passenger. Or mine's a driver drop. Okay, yeah, you need a Ford then, so you would not have a synchro transmission. Oh, really? I mean, the well, nice thing saw, about a Ford is that there's only about, one version. I just saw something about Dodge. It was an MP205, and it said something about Dodge. No? Not a thing? Aren't they pass- they're passenger. They were using 241s when they went to driver drop axles, I think. Steve is literally checking his phone. It might be catching on fire. No, I'm hearing <laughs> the fucking. I'm like, what is that noise? I think it's the. I don't know. I think it's a processor in the computer or something. I don't know. It's like. I. Th- is it the fan? No, no. The fan's You're always hearing? running. But like I, oh, okay. I keep hearing this like buzzing noise and I'm looking at my phone. My phone's doing that stupid screen thing. My phone's broken and the screen today mm. decided to go real crazy. So a Dodge 205 looks to be passenger drop. And then when Dodge went to the driver oh. drop axles in what, 94, 95? Yeah, that was new problem. They were a... using, they were using MP241s. Right. The Ds. Really? So okay. Ford is so... the, as far as I know, Ford is the only passenger nope where does the only driver drop 205 the nice thing about that is that there's only one all mb205s (laughs) from fords are all the same rich gm had like the figure eight pattern they had the non-figure eight pattern Um, uh there's the dodge version and then there's the synchro version gm1 and so like got to make sure you get the right one did you look up do you see the when you were looking up 205s or did you look up 205 versus 241j no, I looked up Should 241. I? I looked up JK 241J versus 205 on Google. 
And it came up with an image on irate four by four. It's a green two Oh five. And then in front of it is just a stock two forty one. And, uh, there's a, like a welded cap on the top of the two Oh five thoughts. Did somebody flip it over? No. Um, it was a board two forty one has what they call the foot. Uh, it's a mounting thing. And the, <clears throat> the, the angle of the, like the two forty. no, God damn it. I have the numbers all wrong. The angle of the two Oh five in the Ford application is like 45 degrees. It yeah, is clocked stupid. way yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that, foot but is at like a 45 degree angle and it like bolts to a, a <laughs> mount that's on the side of the transfer case i got you i cut mine off i welded a plate to the top yep ended up probably didn't need need to do that but you had room that's yeah, what this one here has room. this one here has the foot cut off i mean i probably would have needed to hammer the floor a little bit but like there's like the tunnel did one of these and i think it would have been like real close but i could have just hammered the tunnel away right but whatever it wasn't that hard i already was doing a full tear down of the two Oh five. So since we're sitting here discussing this, Oh, Oh, okay. It's the same, basically the same length. So I don't have to worry about, I got you. This yeah. is like, I have never in ever considered a two Oh five as an option. Cause I just thought they were so much bigger, but now I'm looking at here and I'm like, no, it's just a jig, big old oh, ch- chunk of cast. They're, and they're really it's not actually bigger at compact. all. Yeah. Huh? will be a solid option for like not destroying shit. If I try to do the dumb stuff I did last time and broke it. Yeah. I think you'd be fine considering I bent a rear axle with my foot to the floor and behind a V8. You know, it really sucks. Doubler was totally fine. And I've broken multi, uh, a front drive <laughs> shaft with it and it was fine. Right. You know, it really sucks. What sucks? I got to wait a week before this information comes out. <laughs> I really dislike that. I would love like for you. Before I, you get feedback from people, you I mean? don't love, I don't love recording Monday night and then going home and doing the edit and all that stuff. But I do love how instant that is. <laughs> like, yeah, we talked about that We're last good. night and now everybody's talking about it today. Yep. Um, but I would like all your, your I mean, your inputs. Here's on another, this. here's another option. Do I just post it in the trail riders now and just start asking? Oh, post I can the Patreon, get the patrons, the, the, the patrons. Weekend week notice the patron but here's 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 okay let's run through the costs here real okay. quick let's talk about that <clears throat> all right so black box you can buy ready to go 1900 bucks an eco box you can yeah. build your own for g or cheaper <sighs> and that amount cheaper is 1099 dollars oh man they went up where has my life um, but that doesn't include you need a 241 or or 231 low range gear set. Um, actually, I mean, that's really all you need. You just need a junk 240 or 231 pretty much, which are easy to find. So I, it's not that hard. Oh, oh, and you need a press. You need a 20 oh, ton or more press. I have that. So yeah, so it's not that bad to build. It took me like a couple hours maybe. Took me less time to build the eco box than it did the 205. Let's put it that way. I got you. So the downside of the eco box, not I, which is the integrated, so it's a little bit longer. It's like eight and a half of the inches, I think. They also make the uh, the uh, eco box I, which is like the black box Titan and the Magnum already Magnum. 
where there's no intermediate shaft. The input shaft for the 205 is the output shaft of the EcoBox. You build them together, like you have to build them together. Um, the the benefit of that is that the 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 integrated 205 EcoBox and the already Magnum, not only are they shorter, but it's supposedly a stronger system because there's no intermediate shaft to break. Again, really? I go back to my 8,000 pound rig with full full throttle 5.3 liter bouncing up a hill at uh, Harlan enough to bend a 14 bolt axle tube. Didn't break that shaft. Yeah. <laughs> so I think. What uh, Dave is the first person, of course, to to start typing as soon as I put doubler and 205 for the XJ. What's your opinion? And then Dave, like Dave's icon pops up instantly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we should just call it. <laughs> Offer design Northwest Fab or or and Behemoth, of course. Like, yeah, I get that. Don't do Behemoth unless you want to not have a doubler ever. <laughs> oh, oh, they're that far behind. What do you mean? I mean, they have a bad reputation. Oh, well, that's fine. I was looking at Northwest Fab anyway. I like their eco box. Yeah, I'm impressed with mine. They made some improvements since then, which helps justify the extra cost a little bit, but it ain't cheap, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm even thinking back in the day when like four of these like doubler low range underdrive boxes were as common as they are now. Like there were people taking two forty ones, lopping off the front or the, the front output section and welding the case back up and using that as a doubler. Is it is the two oh five a new process? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, what sir. Is, what is new process? It's a company. Oh, really? It was, it's it like, was the company Like itself. Dana. I got you. And then it went to New Venture. I don't remember mm, why. NV. Yep. And that's where we got the NV3500, the NV4500. Yep. Companies. I think, right. yeah, maybe they acquired a transmission company or they be. just wanted to rebrand. No, Who knows? it was just a new venture for them. Yeah. <laughs> when they started First, transfer it cases, new, it was a new process. Like, we got the, pro- the process is no longer new, guys. Now it's time for a venture. <laughs> that was it. Uh, and then it was time for them to get bought by Magna or whoever the hell owns them now. Oh, really? I think so. You know I what don't it, think new ventures You know what it is like, that I thought was so big? It's the... Is it the like the doubler that you use another like transfer like another 205 or 203 or whatever mm-hmm. what is it is it just a 205 dual transfer case that's a 203 205 that's retarded that you would take, that is so much it is it's that that's even heavier right yeah. oh, than yeah. the eco box 205 massive. not by a whole lot but because you take the front set the 203 was actually a pretty terrible transfer case because it was a full <laughs> cast iron but i think it was chain driven Oh, really? However, the front half was pretty much self-contained. So the low range portion of the transfer case was pretty much self-contained. So all you needed was to bolt a plate onto the back of it with a seal housing machined into it. And or maybe not even that. Hmm. And then an intermediate shaft to run into the 205. And then you bolt the two things together and bada bing, bada boom, you got a doubler. And so that was probably the most common low buck doubler for, yeah, low buck doubler for a while. Well, that wasn't was, cheap either because that yeah. intermediate plate was like seven hundred bucks because it was like <laughs> an inch thick aluminum with yeah. like parts welded to it or whatever. Right. But um, 
But the eco, but I mean, it would be stupid to ever put that in anything now because that's a two to one or four to one only. Oh yeah, makes sense. Um, and it's just better. The the deco box is better gearing. It's lighter. It's smaller. Right. Um. So it's a better, better so choice much. overall. Uh-huh. But you could put an eco box in front of almost any transfer case. You could do an eco box two forty one or two thirty one. Yeah, exactly. And I considered that. Now that does make the it quite longer. Yeah, it makes it a lot longer, and five, your your adds, double low is super low. I think it's five or five and a half inches. It adds. But yeah, that's uh, that's just it. You're, that. you're what do you mean? I mean? It's not super low, but it's like, what is it? Five, like five, seven, nine to one almost. No. Eight point something to one. What? You're crazy. Two point seven two times two point seven two is seven point four to one. Yeah. Now we're hit somewhere. Pretty low. That's that compounding. <laughs> <laughs> you okay there? Yeah. Don't inhale your beer. What did you say? 7.4 to 1? Yep. Gives me a 102.71 to 1 crawl ratio. That's pretty good. It's not as yeah. bad as I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool. Like 120 would be nice. Uh, and then the other one, what did you say yours is? A 5? 5.4. Gives me a 75 to 1 crawl ratio. Pretty good. I have a 70... Right now, I think. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, because you have, what are your gears? 513s. 513s. I don't yeah. know, actually. Let me check this again. Yeah, because that's what I had. I got 5.4 times uh, 2.48, I think, is my first 71.4. Year. It's 5.3. Oh. 60, I have 68. Uh, 68. One. What's your first gear? 2.48. Wow. Really terrible. Don't buy a 480 anybody ever. That's crazy. So, that's the only thing I don't like about my drivetrain is the first gear of my transmission. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I it's was fine off. with the doubler. It's totally fine. I don't have problems crawling up anything. I would like a little bit more RPM to wheel speed ratio if I could have it, mm-hmm. but I'm not, it's not worth the effort to put in like a six L transmission. And it certainly isn't worth the effort to put a fifth gear in my four L 80. I apologize. If I do a, this makes me want to do a eco box on the back of a two forty one. And that is, it gives me a one eleven to one. That's pretty, that's pretty that'd good. Be nice. That'd be nice. That's actually, that's actually a little bit high for an auto. I feel like. Oh, really? Yeah. But I mean, that's like what Bray has. But mine's an auto manual. I don't know what that means. Well, I put the rad, rad designs shifter in it. Oh, the VX. <laughs> so it's like, it's pretty. You still have a torque converter, Steve. I do. I do. But it'll tell, you can force it into a gear is what you're saying. Yeah, I actually use that a lot. <laughs> I used it so much. I think I discussed this on the episode after the uh, uh, for the wheeling event. But when we went down to Moonlight, I used it so much coming down the hills that I was actually pulling oil into the cylinders. It was good upper oh, wow. cylinder lubrication. Yeah, it, it gets rid of some <laughs> of the bugs. Yeah, <laughs> it was smoking pretty good. I was like, I was like, oh, man, what the hell? My engine's going like I'm. I got a valve seal or a broken ring yeah. or something going here. Like, what's the deal? And then I started thinking about, I was like, it, as it cleared out, I was like, hmm, I'll bet you when I was going down those hills and using the engine as an engine brake, I bet it was pulling oil into the cylinder. Yep. Which There's is insane. Many cylinder pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's wild. Yeah, I was, that was one of the things. But it's nice. When I first um, did my doubler swap, I'd like throw the transmission in first gear to like yeah. go down a hill and have an engine brake. 
And I guess the way that the ECM is programmed is that if it doesn't think it's in for low, the low range was so it was spinning the transmission uh, or the transfer case tail shaft so slowly yeah. that it thought it was stopped. And so it would <laughs> disengage the clutches. So I'm like, oh, going down the hill and it would slow oh, down and, be like, and then we just like, oh, no, wow. no engine braking any longer. Really? Yeah. I was like, what the hell's going on? So I like researched it. <laughs> and so finally, a, like, well, that's a pump thing. No, it's a, mm. no, I'm not sure why they do that. Like the second, cause then it has to engage the clutch when you hit the gas. Right. Weird. So, I don't know. It was a weird, it was a weird one. Or maybe it thinks that the vehicle is like coming to a stop. And so it was switching, getting ready oh, to switch once it hits zero miles per hour into the, first gear. I gotcha. That makes sense I actually. Know. Cause it made no sense. But once I like would now I just have to hit a switch to ground out a certain pin on the ECM to mm-hmm. tell it when I'm in low or double low. Oh, that's cool. And now it's fine. The, uh, they're actually, that actually kind of makes sense. If you ever come off the interstate, um, like if you're following somebody that has exhaust on their truck, and you hear him call off the interstate, you can hear it like in overdrive, like, oh, like pull it down. And then all of a sudden, like 30 mile an hour, oh, it'll go quiet. Oh, yeah. It'll go back to idle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll bet that's what it does. It's probably got like got the next gear ready in case you do hit the gas again. Right. But then yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, there's something, it, yeah, there's something about that. Yeah. It disengages overdrive and then like kicks it into like basically free mode. Yep. It's probably a co- some, something coast related to do, um, for emissions or like for economy. You know what I mean? Maybe. Or, or something related to that. like transmission life or something like that. <laughs> transmission I, life. When I did the 241 swap, my truck came with the 246, which is like the auto track transfer case. Uh-huh. When I did the solid axle swap and put a 241 in it, I had it automatically ground that uh, pin because there's a switch on the transfer case that you can mm-hmm. do that with. Um, and now with the 205, there's uh, there's no switches on it. So I just flip the switch manually but so i can play with it so anyway all right back to new so predecessor we've got some input from the patrons hold on one second okay i'm gonna drop some history real quick let's get it so warner gear company started Mm -hmm. out became new process rawhide company then became new venture gear in 1990, actually. So oh, okay. all these 90s NP241s, uh-uh, they're NV241s. Oh, really? Technically. Yeah. I think it was designed in the 80s, though. So. Okay. Um, and then in 2012, it became defunct. And yeah, now it's Magna Powertrain. Hmm. So all of the new, you know, late 2000s tr- uh, transfer cases are all Magna or Borg Warner. Really? Yeah. And who'd you say they started out as? Warner Gear Company. Warner Gear Company. Board I assume Warner. this is in like the 50s or earlier. Because <laughs> yeah. the MP200 was one of the first. Actually, there's MP200, 202, 203, 205, Did they run those? Did they run those in the, the 200s? Did they run those in the Jeeps or no? That was a Dana 300. That was a Dana 300. No, the 200's a beast. I think oh, it was really? a medium duty transfer oh, case. Oh, God. Yeah, it's bigger than the 205 if I remember correctly. Wow. But you don't nobody wants them cuz they weren't they weren't right. super common, right? 205s were in a lot of vehicles. Oh boy. Here we go. We're All getting, right, patrons. We're getting pushed back. All right. 
Get a hold of uh, Ryan at Moonshine at Moonshine Mafia Motorsports in Oakwood. That must be the guy. He's a in, he's a Northwest Fab dealer, and I'm sure he has a Ford NV a Ford 205. He will rebuild and sell you. Uh, that's the guy who assembled mine and with the Magnavox. So that's who Dave when he came over here and picked up his jack stands. That's who he was heading over to to pick up his stuff. I think. Um, Nice. So was it Brendan or maybe it was Dave that told me? I feel like it was Brendan that told me, but maybe Dave did too. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Rick from Crawler Off Road says, I was talked out of building a 231-231 doubler for his WJ, which would require the uh, also to have a plate. And I don't even know if that plate's available anymore. Um, and then. Um, let's see here. Oh, sorry. Push on things. Uh, Mark Trepto Tripto says, uh, I'm in favor of this and I think all are good options. I like how my Ford Magnavox is assembled. Uh, no wheeling on it yet, but quit talking. You fuckers. <laughs> no wheeling on it I'm, yet. I'm, I'm talking as but well. It's a nice unit. Oh, it's you. It's you're the fault. You're the problem. You keep moving the, it keeps moving the, uh, the things up and down. So I'm trying to read them. They move. Um, <laughs> And then Dave says, why are you dead set on a Northwest fab? Yes, they make nice stuff, but their lead time is like 20 plus weeks and you're sending your money out of the country. Oh, really? I didn't know Northwest fab was out of the country. Yeah, they're in Canada. Oh, really? I like the Canadians though. We got a couple of Canadian listeners. Yeah, it's at least in North America. Yeah. Um, it's near the border. There could be people that work in oh. Canada from the U.S. You changed your name and now I don't know. Uh, and now are you didn't, you change your profile pic to the Eiffel tower and now I'm all fucked up. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Who changed my name? You changed your, you changed your, your profile pic. Oh, to the Eiffel tower. And I was like, like I didn't change I'm my like, name. Like, who to is Eiffel this tower. now? I got to figure out who this is. Oh, it's Derek. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So anyway, um, yeah, it seems like, uh, it seems like there's some options. I love my ORD and be honest. All the stuff I've had from Behemoth has been awesome. But you were saying that you thought Behemoth had a bit of a reputation? Yeah. Speaking of 20 plus week lead time, it would yeah. be more like he'd be like, actually, they got bought. So maybe things are different. But it mm. used to be there was one guy running the show. Yeah. And people would be like, all right, here's my money. And he'd be like, all right, you'll be done in six weeks or whatever. And then six weeks comes around. Where's my shit? Yeah. Your your audio is not broken, just silence would happen. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds um, it sounds a bit so, like summer shine. And sometimes people would end up getting it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he'd drag it out for a year or two. Months and months and months mm-hmm. and months. And finally, I mean, I don't think anybody's not gotten their money back, but can you imagine though? Like having to follow up with I somebody can. on something that you spent a thousand plus dollars on, like I also can. Yeah. Yeah. It would be terrible. Dude, sometimes running your own shit is, is a tough, is a tough thing to figure well, out. I'm not saying that, I'm yeah. not saying that it's not hard to run a business. Don't I, get me wrong. I, I cut people slack because I'm like, oh yeah, I know that life. But some people are you just good people at slack, it. But like, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it, it, communication, that's all that matters. Yeah. Like, don't just not talk to people for like two, like 10 weeks or whatever. Right. So True anyway. Man. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I think Behemoth got bought out by some other aftermarket machine shop company. So maybe they've switched things around. Um, so, but do your research as what I would say. Already right. guarantee you, you'll get a good product 
All yeah. the support you ever need. Stephen Watson's awesome. A little, it's a little just pricey. Be more expensive. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, that's part of it. To be honest, it's not. If I was gonna buy, the only reason that NWF uh, is appealing to me is because the Eco Box. Because the Eco Box. Because it's because it's not that hard. Like, there's tons of 241s around. They can be fucking broken, and you take the low range set out of it, put it in the Eco Box, and you're good to go. And that's just over a thousand. Whereas the fully assembled Northwest Fab Black Box is. Just under two thousand, and the last I looked, so was the already Magnum. So I would not personally, I would go with the already Magnum mm-hmm. over the pre-assembled black box. But the Eco Box is about a thousand dollars cheaper. The ORD, there it is, Magnum Underdrive. Uh, the for the MP two hundred five, twenty two hundred. That's a lot. But here's the other thing: the already Magnum complete. only works with the. 205. Yeah, it's made specifically. Whereas the Eco Box, you can run it in front of a 241, a 231. Right. Now, how does that work? Do you get two shafts, or like when you order it, you specify it's going to a 205 and they send you that shaft? You tell them, you tell them what spline count you need, and yeah. then they know what transfer case would be behind it. They're like, oh. the, what I really would like to do someday on mine, and this will probably never happen because there's so much work involved, mm-hmm. 271. Behind an eco box, which How is a Ford F two fifty or bigger chain driven transfer case, but it's a oh. beast. What is it? A two what? Two seventy one. It's it's a, instead of a two hundred five, it's a two seventy one. Yeah, instead of a two forty one, it's a two seventy one. I, I got you. I got you. Way like you think that that two forty one O R whatever has a lot of ribs and bolts on it. This thing is a beast. Where do you get and where do those come in? Uh. 99 and up to uh, F250s. Oh. And yeah, I think GM's using a Magna. Oh, yeah. Something or other. Big girl. But yeah, it's a beast. Um, it would, I would have to move my ABS. Can we get up, which is defunct, pictures but. of them side by side? Here's a two, two, 241 versus 271, I believe. Yeah, that's what I need to do. Or two thirty. I'd like, yeah, I did two thirty one, but I didn't come up with any results. I want to see what a two forty one, or like, yeah, like that style. It'd be cool. Here, to see I'll a send you a picture. This, I one? think this is a Borg Warner version of the two forty one. Like, it's the same size. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. So anyway, happy. We're doing image. transfer case stuff. We're trying to figure out. I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing around the idea. Um, trying the to decide. Chat. Oh, it's in the chat. Oh, oh, my Lanta. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, here's a better one. All right. This might actually have to wow. make it into the uh, trailer is writers that? page. Is that a two? That's a 241. Yeah, that's a Jeep 241. It's a, t- no, yeah, I think it's a Borg Warner. Uh, oh. Like OBS pickup oh, transfer really? case. Wow. I forget what number it is, but it's about the same size as a 241. It's not really that the 271 is is that much bigger. But it definitely has a ring all the way around the outside of the bolts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely bigger. Yeah, I mean the the, the distance from bigger. the input to the front output is a lot bigger the than like a two forty one or anything else. The underdrive housing is way bigger. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's at least six year planetary, <laughs> and the gears. Yeah, are so bigger. here's that's the thing is like I I never broke an MP two forty one chain mm-hmm. or underdrive or any bearings or anything like that. The only thing I ever broke on a two forty one, and this happens all the time, is the housing. Oh, really? 
because of shock loading. Oh. It's aluminum housing. It's not super duper thick. But look at that 271. That yeah. thing's never breaking. <laughs> it has 7,000 ribs on it. It's probably ran behind a 1,000 foot-pound torque F250 with a 6.7 and hits the track. Like, higher yeah. than that. And does some axle hoppage and or, yeah. or uh, <laughs> tractor pulling or truck pulling. Oh, my God. Tractor pulling. Like, yeah. Probably more than 1,000 foot-pounds these days, man. Oh, yeah. Anybody that turns them up, they're 1,000 foot-pounds from the factory. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they're still offering the 270. You got plenty of room under your rig? No. That's why I haven't done it. I would have to make room. And sad, I would lose <clears throat> dig, right? Oh, that's Which a bit of a I don't use a whole lot. What's the ratio on that? Two seventy. It, it's nice. Is it two seventy two? Yeah. yeah. So you get a little more low range. See, that's yeah. the nice thing about going to an eco box. So anyway, the reason we're having this discussion is because before I tell Chris to pull the trigger on the shafts, regardless of what uh, Adams comes back with, it's like. You have to change the transfer case. So you need to figure out what your next step is. If they say that they're going to hook me up with a sweet ass deal on shafts, do I then just say, oh, I need to find an ego box like yesterday. And like, I don't even know where the hell I go find one of those yesterday. You'd have to find one used. It sounds <sighs> like probably or something that has one on the shelf. Is that a thing? It's like elf on a shelf, eco box on it. <laughs> shelf box You've heard of EcoBox on a shelf. Now we give you... <laughs> or no, we heard of Elf on the shelf. Now we give you... EcoBox on a shelf. That's it. Um, I mean, maybe Chris knows somebody. Somebody somebody listens to this podcast probably knows somebody that has an EcoBox that they're not currently using. EcoBox for sale on the Google space. Oh, near ran tool. That's the one I want. Boom. <laughs> Can you imagine if one came up for like 600 bucks too? I live in the wrong place. Just, just buy it. Yeah. Uh, right now. Oh, there's one on pirate. It was available September 11th, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bunch of parts in an eco box. Excellent. That's the gym. Is this still available? <laughs> <laughs> Is this still available? No, I threw it in the garbage. Okay. 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 <laughs> I gave it to the guy that owned Behemoth. That's where I'd have to go, though. I'd have to go like <laughs> irate and look to see if anybody had one, you know, floating around on their shelf somewhere. Like, oh yeah, I pulled it out and switched to an Atlas or whatever, and just happened to not sell it. Yep. And then they're like, "Yeah, I'll sell it to you for nine ninety nine ninety nine." So, so here's another option. They probably want a thousand fifty five for it. And probably more than that. Yeah. Atlas. Mm-hmm. It's like two speed Atlas. Three point five to one. Lead time. How long is long? I don't know. How long is long? I, I don't know. How long is Atlas's lead time? Uh or advanced adapters. I don't know. I last time I heard it was like who was the order one? Was it Ian? Mm, Ian ordered one, but his is pretty quick actually. He ordered his through Sun through uh, Summit, Sunfire or, uh, Sunfire 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 Off Road. I don't know who that is. Pretty sure that's it. Uh, over in Indiana, I'll take your word for it. It was yeah. fast, it was, but it was stock. They had it in stock. They had it. I think they had it pretty much yeah, ready to go. Um, Atlas. 
a two speed is just like what I have now, right? One to one and then whatever your low range is. Yeah, but you can choose your low range. So if you wanted four to one or three to one or three point something to one. That. I want I want three speed or four I speed. Know. <laughs> three speed. Wait. Why well, is it? I guess technically okay. an eco box two forty one would be a three speed. My brain can't wrap around why it's a four speed. It has one to one. Oh. Oh, it's because a gear driven case. The they don't offer two point right. seven two to one I in got this you. back half. Makes the, sense. The, the, it, an Atlas four speed basically has an eco box in front of it. Right. right? It but, has two point seven two to one low range in front of it, and then yep. whatever your second speed is is not going to be one hundred percent equal. So technically, they're all four speeds. Makes sense. I but would if you go a, if you go to an Atlas three to one four speed. Yeah. You'd have two point seven two to one and three to one. Like those are basically the same. Pretty much. That one's the closest thing to a three speed. But when you multiply it, it definitely would make a difference. Oh yeah, that would be the that would be the real third speed. Right? Yeah. Two point seven two times three is eight point one. Versus what did we say it was? Uh seven point four. Seven point four. Yeah. So they're pretty close. Close, but a little extra. Give you probably yeah, a little extra. Yeah. The point is that two point seven two and three to one, you are indiscernible. Oh. Just about. I can barely tell the difference between 2.72 huh. to 1 and 2 to 1. Silly me. I can, but it's, it's close. Anyway, so Steve, I say... Yeah. What do you say? It, I, I'm, I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Well, I thought you <laughs> had all not, prepared. I Well, I have... A, I, okay. Oh my gosh. It's it not, take me, it there's take many me, options. Hold on. Hold on. It take me from a 111 to a 122. Uh, but, one one twenty two to one low range, uh, but you can get an v- Atlas crawl ratio, two yeah. speed like six to one if you wanted. Yeah. Oh my god, you could. Yeah. Or eight. But the, but can the you problem, get an eight to one. What's hold on? You, now I, I think it's a ten to one. Ten to one. I Jesus. Think a ten to one. <laughs> Pretty sure there. That's an option. I wish Atlas. I wish an Atlas would last under an eight thousand pound rig because I would love to have. Current Atlas build time. As soon as I clicked it, it came up. Due to high, dem- high demand, material availability, product popularity, there is currently an 18 to 20 week wait, tweet, 20 week, week wait on all new Atlas transfer case orders. We are working to shorten this lead time on a daily basis and we'll do our best to meet or beat this lead time. Here's another, here's a downside of Atlas. Weeks. Steve's not doing that. If you break something in the transfer case while you're wheeling, mm-hmm. you're done. That's it. Oh, nobody's going to have Atlas parts. <laughs> no, no parts store. Maybe somebody you're wheeling with will have Atlas parts. Maybe unless, very low chance. Unless you're out in, in Utah by Dan. Okay, fine. There's a couple <laughs> places that might have yeah. Atlas parts. Right. But there are very few. You're not, I'm not going to be a near them. A 205 came in a number of years Everything. of trucks. You go to the parts house and probably get something. Get seal. For example, when uh, Trevor and I went on UA, I had a very, 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 very slow gear oil leak for my 205. They all leak. There's never a 205 that's perfectly dry. I was okay. like, that's fine. I didn't even bother to replace the seal. We get to Montana and it's no longer a slow leak. It's a fast leak and the whole tailgate's covered in gear oil and blah, blah, blah. So we changed it in the parking lot. Napa had the seal. It was great. Why don't I make a decision 
right now to get me through the rest of 2022. That, so that's what I would say. Yeah. Here's, here's, that's what I would do. I know what you're about to say. Okay. Get a 241 or a 231, whatever's easiest. Put it in the Jeep, wheel it. What if I, what if I, I wonder what Adam's charges to read length or to shorten a drive shaft. Or, I mean, if Adam's builds you a shaft and it works, okay. you can also take it up the street from you and have a, yeah. What's, what's the place called again? Um, oh, wow. Monster trucks. They do yeah. monster trucks. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, I don't remember. <laughs> All brothers. All brothers. Thanks. I was like, I know Thank Mark's you. name, but I can't remember the rest of it. Uh, <laughs> it's Mark. It's Mark Smith. Steve. Wait, Mark Steve. Mark Jones. Mark Jones. Mark Jones. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Back on the rails. Here. Maybe. Uh, throw. Huh. I don't know. I didn't. I never broke the 231 since I've rebuilt it. Not sorry. I've never broken the 1310 rear drive shaft since I rebuilt and put a big giant anti-rat bar. Do we think that 1310 is that much of an upgrade? 1350. 1350. God, I'm so bad today. The, uh, Derek shrugs his shoulders in thought. If you didn't ever break one, then it's probably not <laughs> that big of an upgrade, right? That's right. my thing. I'm like, if 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 you. If you break a 1310, is a 1350 the like you're like, oh well, that was a little not enough. Oh my god. I'll give you this. I'll give you this, Steve. This is my only experience with 1310. I had and I still have my Chevy like square body front shaft that I used to run. Right. Had a 1310 to 1350 adapter joint to go to the front axle. <laughs> Who broke into your shop, Steve? Customer just walked in here and scared the shit out of me. Hold that thought. Please tell me you were what? still recording for that whole thing. I was not. Oh, you I actually paused it. Paused it, yeah. I was going to say, you could have put that in at the end of the episode or something, because oh, you could hear him really quietly. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. And when he came in yeah. and he was like, I was just trying to see what you're doing since you're not polishing my truck. That would have been perfect. I was like, God damn. I hope he was recording. His truck's at home. Um <laughs> yeah. We've been trying to get him in. It's actually his driver's truck and his driver wants it polished. Like his truck, driver wants it polished real bad for the truck show. Yeah. Um and we've been and driver's a good friend of mine. So we've been trying to get that all sorted out and stuff. And I keep gotcha. forgetting to message Evan Mack. <laughs> And so he just showed up to that. He walked in. I was like, oh, like just, you know, he just <laughs> I saw her face. I was like, Steve just saw a ghost. Oh, somebody <laughs> probably watched the shop. Yeah. Cause like you're just doing your own thing and you're just, and you're just doing whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, and then somebody appears in your somebody face. You're like, you what the fuck? Is. I don't have a gun next to me. I'm you know, like, oh boy. Um, it's just, it's weird because we're Are you off. recording now. Yeah. 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 We're back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, oh uh, shit, that was funny. What were we talking about? Okay, so all right, my my transfer kind of, case. Kind of my thought on that is like, I could just leave it the way it is, essentially. Uh, hog out the H yoke on the front drive shaft so it has more clearance to droop out like it needs to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then do uh, 
and then just put have Adams build me a 1310 rear shaft, 42 inches long, just done and done. Don't have to change any yokes, nothing. Just slam a new 331 in there with the SYE and all that stuff slammed into it and put it back together, go wheeling. And then while I'm wheeling, start building, like start putting together whatever you're going to put together. Are you going to put together, you know, EcoBox or whatever in a 205? Like if you are, cool, start collecting parts for that and then start going that route and get it prepped. And then you're going to have to change your drive shafts or shorten it or whatever. Anyhow, at that point, yep. then you can do all of your 1310 swap because I'll bet you that 205 has a 1310 yoke on it. I have two. Yeah, it probably does. Yeah. Mine did. I have actually have some in my 13, a 1350 yoke. Bin. 1350 yoke. No, I have 1310 yokes oh. that I pulled off of my 205. Really? Sorry. So. I, that's what I meant. I was like, I bet it has a 1350 yoke. So it would have a 1310 yoke. I, uh, depends on the year. I interrupted you mid sentence of you had a cross joint. You're right. Okay. So the only time I ever broke that square body front shaft, it broke the 1310 ears off of the 1310, 1350 yoke. Yeah. Like clean off, like the 1350 <laughs> part looked perfect. And right then like the cross. 13 part gone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> at, right at the cross. It's a two-sided U joint. So it's definitely. 1350 is definitely an upgrade. Okay. Do you need to? Yeah. Hmm. I so here I would do what you said. Actually, here's 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 a hybrid of what you could do. Put 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 a new 231 in or rebuild your actually first that first step, pull your 231 apart. Mm-hmm. The noise that you're describing could be a bearing. You right. You just be able to rebuild it. Oh, that'd be all right. Even if it's fucked. Yeah, get a well, new 231. Even, even if it's even if it fucked the planetaries up top up front, pull it all apart, throw six year planetaries in it from a 241, stuff Boom. it back together and stuff in there. You're done. Cheap. So regardless, you can get away with putting a working 231 back in the Jeep for right. the rest of the season while you save up and gather parts and blah blah blah. Right. Um I want to do here's here's the hybrid part. So it's got a 231, I assume, output yoke. But you could yeah. put a two, 1350 on your rear axle and have oh. Adams build you a 1310 transfer case side and a 1350 at the axle. And then if you yeah. put in a doubler, they're going to have to shorten it anyway. They're going to have to cut off one side mm-hmm. and put a 1350 back on. Or, yeah. Just and, that, and that, but all that saves, that saves you the cost of a yoke for the 13, for the uh, 231. In the end. Yeah. Or you can then, put a thirteen fifty yoke on the two thirty one. I'll bet you that that is six one way, half a dozen the other. I'll bet the yeah, you're uh, probably right. I'll bet the money you save in the thirteen fifty yoke, you will eat back up when you buy a new double carden thirteen fifty. Yeah, probably later. So, probably. okay, I'll wait to see what Chris comes up with um, on the shaft thirteen fifty shaft information once I get the yoke pulled off of the nine and get that all figured out, and then. I will, um, I'll pull the transfer case out. So I want to do one more thing before we end this podcast, because I want this last little piece of information of transfer case stuff. I'm going to go measure five inches backwards. Oh, let's look on the Northwest fabric, uh, website real quick and it's see 5.5. it's 5.5. I'm going to measure or the eco. I, the, Oh, that's the, or but that the, one doesn't go for the, 231. What? I think that's that was for somebody said that was for the uh the black the black five only. Huh? And Dana three hundred or Atlas, yeah. So yeah. for a two forty one, it's uh probably ooh. the same. 
I don't know if they published this information. I'd have to go measure mine. Do you think it would be different? Yeah, because the integrated ones oh. don't have the. Somebody said it was for the black. Housing I think seal. somebody found it for the black box. For the forty one. Huh. Somebody found the information, the the length information for their black box for the Northwest Fab. Yeah, I'm look. I'm looking at the black box right now. Mm-hmm. Problem is, they changed their website, so I feel like it got lost. Here, let's just do this. Northwest Fab Black Box Length. I did Eco Box Length. Um, looking for dimensions and measurements on the pirate. You have any luck on your end? No. Why not? Don't know. We must come up with the answers. It's got to be close. I'd even offer to go measure mine, but I have flat bellies kids and I'm not pulling oh those off. The eco box is eight inches exactly since mine is mounted to the round port round part, uh, the round pattern 205. There is not need for an adapter. Does that yep, so you're good. count? That makes sense. What? Yeah, for because yours the round pattern 205 is the same pattern as a 241 or 231. So it's eight inches. Yep. That's a lot closer. Yep. Okay. I'm going to go measure eight inches backwards from where the current transfer case sits and see what that looks like. Let's see it right now. Right now. I'm going to hit this pause right. button. We're going to do it and I'll be right back. All right. Listener. Well, in true episode fashion, this is going to involve Are you recording. Yeah. This is going to involve some creep. Uh Oh, so I just looked and if I move it, if it moves the transfer case back eight inches with the current transfer case, it buys, it gives me about an inch and a half or so, or two inches from the, um, anti rat bar. Ooh. And it gives me, uh, the transfer case will be directly under or like in the seat mount. The seat mount will be bolted basically Ooh. to the top of the transfer case. So I'll be so have, have to, to clock it down or some shit and then I'll have to modify a bunch of stuff. Hmm. I say it's life, but put put and fix the 231. Yep. Continue to go wheeling. Run that and yeah, wheel that forever. And if it breaks again, <laughs> wheel it forever. Upgrade to 241. I would love I would love a doubler. Or if, an if Atlas I want to do that, if I want to do that, I have to go to a um using an Atlas 2 speed. Because that would be shorter than what Wait, you have now. Is actually. the four speed is the four speed the same length as like a two thirty one? Yeah, it's going to be like a two hundred five eco. I think uh, it's yeah. probably like oh yeah, you five that. and a half inches longer. You think so? I bet yeah. it is. I bet you're right. So two hundred five is out of the question. Why is that? Because that's longer than two thirty. Oh no no no! You did a two thirty one with, with a doubler. A double. Yeah, adds eight yeah. I so think yeah. you need to get you okay, put fix the 231 and yeah, put yeah. a 231 back in. Start wheel. prepping. While yep. you do that, get all of the dimensions. Yeah. And figure out what you want to do and then save your monies mm-hmm. and then do it. Start <laughs> start buildifying the uh the uh 230 uh, 205 and a doubler setup. I would love yep. a doubler. Can you change you know, the gears? Two- can you change the gears at all in a 205? No. 
Nobody makes Aperture. They used to make for the, for the Chevy yeah. 205. They made, what did they make? Were they three to one? They were three to one gears instead of two to one. Never did it for the Fords. They don't make them anymore anyway, so. And that's something. Yeah, that's the thing is like, and so thinking about my truck, I would love a set of three to ones. That would be perfect. Mm-hmm. An Atlas, I can get whatever I want, put it behind the eco box. But an Atlas is like not as strong as a 205. And my truck weighs a lot. On a Jeep that weighs five or even 6,000 pounds, I think an Atlas would be fine. On an 8,000 pound truck, I don't think so. <laughs> right. And also the whole parts availability when I'm driving halfway across the country, it sure is nice. So, <laughs> right. That's just it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should just put a tripler in my truck. Ooh. That's for next episode. <laughs> a, twip, a twipler. A twipler. Be, hey. would, instead of triple sticks, I'd have four sticks. <laughs> well, we've been talking to you for an hour and a half. We should move this to the Patreon. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a good idea. Let's talk about triplers in the Patreon. Okay. If you would like more content like this, you can check it out in the Patreon. If you haven't gone and gotten your uh, swag pack yet, <laughs> do so now. If it's before July 31st. I think, or August 1st. So right in that ballpark. I'll, I'll pull them at that point. Um, and yeah, make sure you get your swag pack on and uh, use code CHODY15, C-H-O-D-E-Y-1-5. I need to do that. Derek has no idea what I'm talking about. Nope, but I'm so, writing it down. Because he didn't listen to last week's episode. This morning's episode, Steve. Yes. Mm. But sort not for of. the listeners, only for you and I. <laughs> this morning's episode for the listeners is the one that they're listening to right now. Oh. Doesn't, that, doesn't that mess you up? Uh, <laughs> anyway, check it out. Go get to, over to TotalOffRoadPodcast.com and get entered in to win a chance to come wheeling at the uh, seat at the core event, the Cater Note. And uh, you can have you can get all your stuff there. The... Um, other way to get entered is go to complete off road and spend at least $100. If you spend every $100 you spend with complete off road gets you an entry into your opportunity to win an op- a chance to go. So, uh, check out complete off road. If you need to give Chris a call five, six, three, five, eight, three, five, three, six, three, and he will help you with anything you are looking for, for your rig. Oh, it's gonna be a good side time. note. We did find out the other day that. If you have a fire aid fire extinguisher, do not let it get below freezing. Wait, you found that out the other day? We did find that out the other day. Not the hard way. It got, (laughs) it it came up in the chat. Somebody said that they had left it in their vehicle Uh, over the winter and uh, it was no, it no longer had pressure. All the pressure had gone away from the thing. And then Rick uh, verified that. And then Chris said that there was nothing said about it. And I think he also verified that. Wow. So if you have a fire aid fire extinguisher in the colder months and the winter months, be sure to store them. I will try if to remind cold, you. Cold. What's that? If you're cold, they're cold. If you're Bring cold, they're losing pressure. I was looking for a fucking tape measure. <laughs> Wait, if they're cold, you might be very hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not good. If they're cold, yeah. you may be hot. If you're um, also if you're willing in the winter, I mean, fire aid is an awesome product, but yeah, maybe to also have a fire extinguisher. Just keep it warm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what I would think. Oh. Um, I don't know how fast the pressure goes out of them, but apparently if you leave them in the vehicle over winter, 
they do lose their pressure or leak out. I don't know. Nonetheless, yeah, interesting. There's my there's my thing. Everybody take a shot. Check out Offroad Anonymous for your fabrication parts that you need and your organizational things and also your pack out uh drink holder. Your 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 cup holder for your pack out for Milwaukee Tumbler. Your Milwaukee Tumbler holder. I'm trying to so hard to get that out. Go check yeah. those out. I'm sure you need one. I'm sure you need a tumbler. $29.99 on the internet. Go get you one. Um Check out Crawler Off-Road for all of your off-road recovery needs. If you need a new winch cable, the wheeling season is upon us. Go get you a 10-foot tree saver uh, soft shackle. They're awesome. Uh, go get you any of their other high-quality synthetic winch accessories. And if you need to get your deflate on, check out Morflate, M-O-R-R-F-L-A-T-E.com. And... Get you a Morphlate and get your deflate on and then get you a uh, 10.6 compressor from Morphlate and get your inflate on. Get your inflate and your deflate and the inflations. Is that, With the, yeah, it's the year of inflation. It is the, it's the year of inflation. That's what I was getting ready to say. Like, hey, <laughs> be like the economy and get your inflation on. <laughs> get your tires inflated fast. <laughs> uh, oh, man. The 10.6. So fast keeps up with, with the economy inflation. Yeah, it's still beating it only by a little bit. <laughs> only by a little bit. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Have you any last words, Derek? I do, and it's oh, silly. I like it. If you've never seen the YouTube video, 55, 55. go watch it. If, if you haven't, then you probably didn't listen to last week's episode. Oh, okay. Oh, no, wait. Nope, that's for the patrons only. Ah, okay. Well, you said 55 at the beginning of this episode, and I, while you were out measuring your transfer case, I watched that shit (laughs) and forgot how funny it was. I was like, oh, surely it won't be that funny. (laughs) No, it was as funny as I remember, if not funnier. And in fact, here's an extra bonus last word. Bonus last word. The end of the earth. (laughs) The end of the the world. The end of the world. I'm sorry. The the end of the world. Yeah. Jade talked about that on last week's episode. Back in the I'm, day. All right. Well, shows yes. how much I listen. It's so <laughs> wonderful. You should probably go check it out. It is quite. I will. I will. I plan fabulous. to. Um, yeah, that's just, it's just too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely, uh, the Patreon last week started with shitty five and it nice. ended with shitty five. Nice. It was, I thought it was quite fun. So anyway, Actually, pretty so, crazy that what's that? I came up with these things and hadn't actually listened to last week's episode or the Patreon. Yeah, that is interesting. Anyway, all right, those are my last words. Those are your last words. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us for episode one thirty-five. One thirty-five. And as never, we'll catch you on the trail. Fifty-five. Girlfriend's age. Fifty-five. My IQ. Fifty-five. You must pay. Is that from your phone? <laughs> yeah. Nice. That That's pretty good. It was a little glitchy on my end, but oh, it was, was it? smooth on your end. Uh, it's smooth on my end. Absolutely. Weird. Like your voice the whole time never glitched, but on my end it was a little glitchy. Weird. Oh, really? The last little bit, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 55. <laughs>